0: While this podcast contains little to no explicit material, it is sprinkled with some uncensored swears. Listener discretion is advised.
1: like skin, pray for evenings in, hold their hands in the street when you walk them off to school.
2: A box too full to shut, a cardboard paper cut, the bleeding edge of a picture of your parents when they were cool.
0: So much to say, I forget to start, there goes a day Fading as it passes, forget the train, let it fall apart. It's okay. I like you in glasses. We're here. Welcome
1: so
0: to oh my god. Welcome, welcome to the Omniplex. Hello. We <laughs> we've
1: had we've had kind of a rough ride. Oh my god, we did
0: it. Yeah, lots happened. Jesus Christ.
1: We were, we were planning on doing this episode a long time ago, and so much has gone wrong. So much.
2: It's been the show that's gone wrong.
1: Oh, if
2: only <laughs> we were watching that. <laughs>
1: oh, that. yes. Then the laughs would be intentional. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is there room at the inn? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, the sad part is we're recording this after a weekend where I've seen two fantastic movies that are both just shining exemplars of what cinema can be. And now I get to come and talk about this. But you know what? I'm not in the intensive care unit, which is how I spent last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's there's a little bit of news that comes with uh, this next part. Me and Tab have been house hunting, which as anybody who's been through it knows sucks. It's hell. It's hell. It's hell. It's hell just finding a place to rent, but finding a place to buy Jesus. We've had three
2: places sniped out from us. Uh, One just yesterday. Uh, and yeah. yeah. And of course, it's not getting any better with, I mean, I don't know how you two are able to mm-hmm. move around with the prices as they are.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's been bad. Like, we're looking at a certain price range that we know we can do because there's three of us, me, her, and her mom. And we have a plan for you know if something were to happen to one of us, etc., etc., etc. So it's you know <laughs> the best plans of mice yep. and men. But also, there comes with a little footnote—not a little footnote, uh, big footnote, big footnote. Big footnote. I have an engagement ring on me. I know oh. it's not how that's typically supposed to work, <laughs> but I assen- I essentially nope. got proposed to. I sent I sent a a message to both of you. Uh, you were the first to be alerted to this, uh, said, Hey, um, Tab just asked me to print out this ring sizing chart <laughs> nonchalantly. And then she bought the rings and I said, well, uh, does this mean what I think it means? She's like, I don't know. What do you think it means? Like, are we engaged? If you want to be. You're engaged. I yeah. said, yeah, I want to be. And here we are. And here we are. And no, before you ask, we don't have a date yet. We are, we are taking our time. We have shit to do. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's some news. And uh, what's been going on with you
2: two this whole time? Oh, uh, well. Uh, if you care to share. You don't have to. I mean, honestly, this... I mean, your news kind of makes for a great segue into... It really is. ...today's topic, which we are diving once again... Oh, uh, yeah. ...into the world of Christian films. Now... If I recall, I think we said that we weren't going to revisit Christian films unless there was a good good reason. But that was
1: ages, ages ago. ago.
0: Uh
1: huh. Also, I think we have a good reason. Frankly, I think this movie it, it justifies itself. Is my stance. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty justified film. Also, let's be blunt: the, there is a rising trend of Christian fascism in this country, mm-hmm. and. It's, it's useful to look at the propaganda that they spout. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, this is exactly the moment to come back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. This is not, if
2: footmen tire you, what will horses do? This is something just as terrifying. <laughs> yes. Today, we are going to be looking at the
1: counter-programming to Fifty Shades of Grey. Old-fashioned. That's somehow worse. And I want to stress that it is somehow more abusive.
0: Uh, was, I, was it really supposed to be the counter to that? Yes. Yes. It, uh,
1: yes. They sold it hard as that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Wood. <laughs> yeah. I want to. I, I want to put a disclaimer here because I don't even like having to say this because I've read Fifty Shades of Grey and it is a rancid piece of shit. Uh-huh. It is one of the worst books I've ever read. It is unforgivably sexist. It is unforgivably trashy. And you know what? At the very least, it has a few positive things. There are a few positive things you can say about the movie, for example, in that it does have Dakota Johnson being incredibly charming because I swear to God, she just can't turn it off. Um, It it does end happily if you choose to pretend that the sequels don't exist (laughs) and that she does tell him, fuck off. Ah, didn't know that one. Now, if you, yeah, yeah, it ends with her leaving him now again the problem is the sequels exist and you know that she's going to go right back to him but it you could end it at that and it has a happy ending and and you know what on a base level it does have pretty people naked can't beat that i mean as i said i i, I enjoy watching johnson act but i'm not going to pretend that i dislike watching her in otherwise mm-hmm. but you see i'm I, i'm i'm making these crude comments because I'm a human being with a pulse, and there are no human beings with pulses in this movie. So let's talk. Let's just get into this movie because I've been waiting.
0: Mm. One one comment I will make up front is I love the way that this movie uh, tries to backdoor the Jesus. Yeah. yeah. In um a way that it's pretending like it's not trying to backdoor the Jesus. I know yeah. that phrase sounds horrible,
2: but yeah, that's just you know. Look, look, Jesus hung out with a bunch of men, and he was webbed, and... Okay. Yes. All right. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, boy. That's a great note to start on. Yes. I cannot wait for the protests. We're going to get for this episode. Yes. Yes. Good. I will also point out that this movie has one of the funniest TV tropes pages I've ever been to. Yeah. Because under the alternate character interpretation... It is so obvious that the uh, that that was written by someone that was trying to viral market the film and make it look better. So they try to argue that the uh, anti- I guess pro is he anti the antagonist of this film the is not actually a bad person and that the movie actually calls him out on his shit. Uh-huh. No, it does not. <laughs> Let's get into the film. That's, that's all I want to say, and I'm going to be—now now let's take this bastard apart.
2: Yes. Old-fashioned is, according to the poster, love is patient, love is kind, love is old-fashioned. Chivalry makes a comeback this Valentine's Day, a weekend which not only had the first Fifty Shades movie— it also had Jupiter Ascending.
1: See, that's great, because there's a movie that I can actually point to and say, hey, watch that instead. <laughs> Sir, go watch that instead. That's awesome.
0: I will say I have I have since the last time we've recorded uh, seen the Wachowski's previous one in
2: 2012, which was, why can't I think Cloud Atlas? Thank you. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah, Cloud Atlas is amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, look there, there, there's there. Here, we keep giving you movies to watch instead. Of I know. Week. It's because, <laughs> you know, this is a bad movie when we're not even wanting to get to it. We're just like, oh, here's a good movie. Uh-huh. But yes, yes. That weekend, if you wanted to watch a romantic comedy that was actually funny and actually had some charm, Jupiter Ascending has some great jokes. It has some great charm to it. The actors have chemistry. It's fun. It's very tongue in cheek. For God's sakes, there's a Terry Gilliam cameo in it. Oh, damn. Yeah. And it's after a sequence that's straight out of Brazil. So ah. if you didn't know the movie was a joke, that's completely it telling you that. Like I said, so let's get to this piece of crap. Okay, okay. so what we
2: have here is a romance film between Amber, a, a girl who has since left a physically abusive relationship, believes that wherever her car depletes her gas supply is where she will stay. And apparently this has happened in fourteen different states. What a way to live. So she's a fool. How
0: old is she supposed to be? She's like in her mid twenties?
2: I wanna I wanna say she's like late twenties, early thirties. Like Yeah,
1: that's what so I like, thought. So
2: <laughs> enough to be doing this for quite some time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like uh so that's maybe Yeah, that's a lot of locations.
0: Not hmm.
1: just
2: locations, but tax forms, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're assuming she pays taxes, though. (laughs) She's a free spirit.
2: She can't be held down by the man. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah,
0: no, it's... Yeah, no,
2: no. (laughs) Yeah, she ends up in Ohio this time, and the place, like, the entire film is shot in uh, the director's hometown. She ends up in a small town Ohio and ends up renting an apartment over in an antique shop owned by Clay Walsh, a guy who has unsettling tendencies and concepts about romance, everything, relationships, women. And also a serial killer stare. Yes.
0: Throughout the whole thing. I can't I couldn't get over it. I couldn't pinpoint it at first, but it's just like there's something in his eyes. They're at attention while also still being completely lifeless.
1: It's unsettling. Clay Walsh is played by the Christian Neil Breen slash Tommy Wiseau, Rick Swartzwelder.
0: Thanks, thanks to my friend Peter. I now know who Neil Breen is, so very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, and by the way, because uh, Swartzwelder wrote and directed this movie. And produced. Um and produced and prob and he shot in his hometown I'm sure he catered I'm sure he did a lot of things on it. I wish this movie was as good as a Neil Brain or Tommy Wiseau movie. Oh, that's like something. I'm I'm just I am yeah, cuz at least those are interesting. This is interesting but not in the right way. No. This really is kind of the Christian the room. I am going to let y'all know that. It's not as inac- ineptly made like he knows how to shoot a camera basically. He knows how to frame things. Um, He knows how to sound mix, but that's that's as nice as I'm going to go on the filmmaking, um, because this is another author tract of misogyny. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: The two of them eventually begin a courtship of sorts, not dating a courtship. Yeah. They go to a
0: priest for the start of their courtship in which even he is baffled at what the fuck they're doing there. I know it's supposed to be um, as framed as a movie joke, but it is like, a, what the fuck are you doing
1: here? <laughs> yes. You know, it's funny because for their first date, after they have a quote-unquote, like, they have a weird, it's kind of a meet-cute in the grocery store, where it, like, seems to spark their attraction. Then they, yeah, they wind up in the, they wind up going on this first date to church. Which, I'm gonna point something out. On my first date with Amanda... I thought it was weird that I asked her to go to a flea market with me. <laughs> uh, we actually wound up spending the entire afternoon going to flea markets. Perfect. And, and you know what? The fact that I am sitting in a room surrounded by her stuff uh, 11 years later should tell you everything. See, what I didn't, I thought that was weird. But here's the thing. Flea markets are fun. Flea markets are awesome. Who the hell doesn't love a flea market? Or even just
2: going to a place with used goods. it's about
1: the hunt it's about the hunt it's fun it's cool who doesn't enjoy that going to church for your first date sounds about as much fun as going to church for your first date
2: it's now as i have some uh, how do i phrase it as the one with the religious background (laughs) taking someone to church yes you could call it a date but sometimes things just happen like you know you were in life teen or in campus ministry or some shit like that. Okay. Which, you know, it can happen. It does happen. I'm not going to shame anyone for that. It's it's not my first idea when it comes to dating, uh things to do on a date. For just straight up church, like I think I don't
0: know, uh about anyone else, but my ideal idea for a date is something you know, something like flea market is perfect because it's, um,
1: Fantastic. yeah, there's a
0: lot of things that can spark conversation and keep it going,
1: which happens,
0: yeah, huh? And church, you just kind of have to sit silently and,
2: uh, focus on the Jesus,
1: Huh. exactly.
2: Not, not to mention that the concept of going to church as your idea of a date hinges entirely upon that you two have had an intense discussion about your beliefs
0: yes Uh yes and uh she's a free spirit she has not been introduced to
2: the jesus but she is quote-unquote spiritual Uh uh-huh which i i've heard the term cafeteria catholic where you just pick and choose what what you believe and uh you go your own way
1: go your own way a character like amber though would actually probably be someone who was really into Wicca and stuff like that. You know what yes. I mean? She, she strikes me as someone who would really love telling you what her uh, horoscope was. She yes. would be
2: the one that would have a dream catcher on the rearview mirror.
0: Yeah. They, Which? They don't want to uh, highlight any of this, though, because they want their Christian audience to like her.
1: Again, yeah. keep in mind, this is Backdoor Jesus. Backdoor Jesus. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God, we're going to get some... Oh, I, I love... Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the title of the episode, by the way, now. There
1: Back we go. We have to. Uh, we have to.
0: But yeah. God. So, yeah, they, they go to a date at church. They do all this stuff. Well, this was like... This is even skipping ahead. He doesn't oh, yeah. even want to date her. He gets her attention by refusing to be in the same room with her alone. And when
1: she goes, Really? Uh-huh. Why? He's a landlord, by he the way. Is... I want to point that out. And he kicks her out of her apartment so that he can do repairs on it. Chivalry's not dead,
0: I guess. Um, but yeah, she goes, she's out there with a blanket, straight up, talking to him through a screen door. She couldn't have been in the bathroom or whatever. Yeah, he basically outlines, he's like, oh, I have some theories, etc., cetera, et, cetera, et cetera.
2: And they're not even his own theories. Let's... No. No, of course not. It's been a little bit. Where did he get the theories? I'm glad you asked, because uh-huh. this came like his theory of not being alone in a room with a woman that was not his wife stems from the Modesto Manifesto, also known as the Billy Graham rule rule. Oh, God. This aside from this film, the uh, the awareness of this concept came to mind within the last administration, thanks to Mike Pence. Um, hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, unfortunately, this rule implies that all women are objects of lust and will fuck any man if they are left
1: alone with them. And that all men are incredibly weak and that they cannot be held responsible for their actions.
2: And in some promo material, apparently the film is made to affirm men who choose to abide by that rule. Now, of course... Yep. Played to say, you know, within reason, you know, like mm-hmm. out in public or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, that's unavoidable. But like later on, he says something along the lines of learning to control myself makes someone a better husband, which is a fuck ton of red flags. Uh-huh. Like,
1: <laughs> like, if somebody tells you that. run run Run. i love that we all three said it at the same time because that's the only response you can have this is what someone who is a rapist says yeah um i've been in the room with women uh who i was not married to and i had lovely conversations with them you know because i'm not a grunting i think even cavemen had better control than this jesus Mm -hmm.
0: and like they they go they elaborate on his background like slowly or whatever Because
1: it's very important to note that he is a sex criminal.
0: He is. Yeah, he um, is. They basically made him that dude who created uh, Girls Gone Wild. Um, Like he's he has some DVDs out there.
1: Joe Francis. Yeah, that
0: that dude. And like the worst they show, they don't show anything. The worst they show is him like with handheld camera. And then you hear audio. To him saying, come on, baby, take it off. Take it off. And that's the worst of it.
2: And like the actual footage of the girls is uh-huh.
1: extremely chaste, mind you. Yes. Except weirdly graphic and at the same time mm-hmm. for one reason. Go on. Yeah. They're crying. Oh. They're crying. They don't look like they it doesn't look consensual. Uh-huh. It is creepy footage.
2: Yeah, I guess I skimmed over that detail. Holy shit. Like, early on, when it flashes back to that footage, you know, they're smiling, but when it comes to, like, the big argument between Clay and Amber, that's when you see the sad oppression in in the girl's eyes. And uh, I... I don't know if Rick did research on what those films actually look like, or if this was just assumption.
1: I think it has to be his assumption, because yeah. he does not strike me as a man that would ever be comfortable watching this kind of stuff, because I think he's afraid of women. He mm-hmm. is
2: married. The dude is married yeah. in real life.
1: Oh, no, I believe he's married. I also still believe he's afraid of I think Mike Pence is afraid of women. I think a lot of these guys are afraid of women.
2: Can we just talk about the fact that one guy just has a box full of leftover stock of these DVDs just
1: lying around? They're weirdly common in this movie. Yeah. <sighs> I've Which, if you have that just lying around, easy to access, have you ever heard the phrase discretion? Good lord. Ugh.
0: I feel like this dude, we're talking about the DJ guy, right? Who somehow still has a... Uh, uh, license
1: to be on the radio. Let's call him what he is, Off Brand Quagmire. Like,
2: okay, for, first of all, why is everyone, why does everyone in town listen to him? Yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. He, he only, he's one note and it's horrible. Like, the first instance of him on the radio is just women are stupid. That's his yep. thesis. Yeah. And it's like, no subject. Yep. He lays that out there and keeps going. And of course, he's <laughs> supposed to be the moral antagonist of of the film just to show that clay is actually you know a decent human being but you failed yeah yeah his other friend
0: you know his group of three friends there's the one that's the good one the one that's the horrible one and the one that's right in the middle and the one that's right in the middle is listening to the dj and laughing his wife comes over and shuts off the radio as she should not even his wife like Oh, right. Girlfriend. That's right. Of like nine years. Yeah.
2: Girlfriend with, with child, mind you. So With child. Yes. So already this is out of wedlock. He's living in sin. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, I don't understand why Clay continues to hang out with the shock jock who does not know what a pop filter is. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you were the one that brought this up, Albert. Yes, that was hysterical. I remember
0: sending a thing, it's like, wow, his peas be popping, huh?
2: (laughs) Yeah, (sighs) yeah, this guy is almost deep-throating the microphone at some points. He he is. is. It's so bad. Again,
1: you nailed that. Why would anybody listen to this? Because if you go in... The thing is, is that if you go into actual small towns... First of all, he's never getting – he probably wouldn't even get on the radio in L.A. with this shit, Mm -hmm. just to be clear. Like, even they'd be like, dude, tone it down. Like, even Howard Stern had to go to SiriusXM for the love of God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm just pointing this out, you know? Mm -hmm. This is just – and seriously, why would he hang out with this guy? You're so worried about temptation and all that, but you're hanging out with a guy that, let's face it, is definitely a, this side definitely closer to Dennis Reynolds than anything else?
0: Yeah, and here here's the thing: like the excuse because she does ask him that question at some point, like why why do you still hang out with this douche? Because you know she she calls in and says you know men like you, and then he just completely interrupts her and takes it over and does not let her talk. His reason for for is like oh he knows not what he's doing, whoever backdoor Jesus. And that's kind of it. Like, it's not, I'm going to guide him to the right path.
1: It's just, oh, he doesn't know better.
0: He doesn't know any better. It's like, that's cool. That doesn't mean you have to keep hanging out with him. Uh, You know, you were good friends and you were of like mind at one point, but now you've grown apart and you don't
1: have to hang out with him. I, I have friends that I've been very close to that now have me blocked on Twitter, you know? It happens. happens. You grow apart from people. Exactly. You know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, So is it's very quizzical. But again, the thing is, it's okay for him to hang out with him because he's a fellow man, and you know, men are men are fine. And God, this movie. Do you see what I mean when I say this movie hates women? It hates them so much, and that's why I think it's important to talk about this movie because you need to examine. I, I want to bring up something, I, 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 if I can go on a quick rant, and it's an important I'll go one. go right ahead. The movie talks about shi- – It's. I want to talk about the movie's talk phrases, old-fashioned, chivalry, all that. It's giving the game away. This movie wants to go back to a time where women didn't have rights. Yeah. Chivalry was an age where women were
2: property. Like, Rick is the kind of guy that wishes Pleasantville didn't change. <laughs>
1: Yes. Thank you for bringing up a much better movie that I would far rather be discussing.
0: He would have been one of the dudes hanging out in the bowling alley.
1: Yeah, he would have been JT Walsh totally in that movie. Rest his soul. Mm -hmm. God. See, there's a movie that I could go for two hours on and all I would be able to go was, well, this is awesome about this movie, but no, no. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, we've got a worse movie coming up next. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. We do.
0: With, With much better people in it, ironically enough.
1: yeah. I have a point that I'll get to about that movie. And uh, just really quickly point out, it was weird watching John Turturro give a good performance yesterday. That was really wild. I forgot he can give those. Mm -hmm. But anyway, getting back to this movie, this movie really, as I said, it gives the game away. It wants to go back to a time where women were property. They didn't have rights and they didn't speak out. So much of this movie, by the way, is centered around the idea that Clay and Amber have this conversation over this book, which can I point out the funniest thing about this book? It doesn't exist. This is not a real book. Now, what book is this? The whole movie, the, uh, the red light, green all whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. Because I looked it up. Now, keep in mind the Love Dare in um, whatever the hell that movie was. Fireproof. Fireproof. That's a real yeah. book. Not only is that a real book, I actually read it once. Um, a friend suggested that I read it because they said it had good relationship advice. And you know what? Yeah, it's actually a pretty good book. It's, it's actually got some pretty solid stuff in it. I mean, there's some iffy stuff in it, but it actually, most of its advice is, hey, treat your uh, treat your spouse like uh, they're a queen. Mm-hmm. Nice. And do things for them and give to them and put them first. Nice. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's still got its issues. Plenty, believe me, it's got plenty. But they made that book for that movie. Hmm. Uh, they didn't do anything like that for this movie. They did a novelization. I'm sure which no I will not which no I will not review (laughs) I did my I did my novelization of one of these pieces I've done two of them actually so no not doing a third
0: understandable yeah unless you want but unless you want to pay him enough to make it worth his while Uh,
2: now (laughs) now now there there are other methods
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually very redundant it's actually pretty much the movie oh, put word for word oh, that's yeah. lazy. so anyway yeah. <laughs> but like it's funny to me that and it's interesting to me because in theory there's a really good idea of this idea that they're trying to find out what their lights are you know what they agree on what they disagree on it's not a bad premise for a movie you know no. mm-hmm. not entirely and the idea
2: of taking things slow in a relationship you know It's totally fine. It's good. I endorse that. You know, some relationships are built like that. And hell yes for that.
1: Amanda and I dated for 18 months before we moved in together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, I'm sitting in a bedroom with uh, her stuff. So, yeah, I endorse it.
0: Tab and I dated for four months before moving in together. But we also knew each other for like two and a half years. But that's the whole... You're
1: engaged. We're engaged. You're engaged. That's what counts.
0: And also, as to like the, I'm just going to call him neutral character, so I don't remember names in this this piece of shit. But I don't either. Neutral character going out with his girlfriend for nine years. That's also totally fine. I've known plenty of friends who've done that. Like, yeah, it's great. With kid is another thing, but that's also whatever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, as long as they're... I, I will give the movie this. It is kind of nice that that's not directly seen as a terrible thing. That's true.
0: No, it's never like there's no snide comments made about it. It's just there. He's also the
2: only black guy in the film.
1: Yes, yes. he's the obligatory black friend. He, he's the token.
2: Yes. Yes. And we do get the, uh, the scene of Clay and him shooting b-ball. They play a game of horse, and there's some weird, not quite Harlem Globetrotters music playing in that sequence, which seems insulting. Yeah. Uh huh. Why? I mean, I don't. Like you had you had any choice of music in the scene, and you decide to go with not Harlem Globetrotters because you have a black person.
1: This, yeah, this movie.
2: You know how many
0: (laughs) basketball-based songs there are. could have chosen any one of them
2: yeah Yeah. even even an off
0: version of one of those if you really don't want to spring for the the copyright but damn
1: it's just
0: going back to the point of like him still hanging out with his sexist jock friend i think the real point that highlights their relationship as it is now is when they're they're at a bar like at the beginning of the film and you don't we the audience do not know what's happening like with the background and whatnot. But he's like, hey, Clay, do you remember like this one time with this girl? And then Clay just slowly starts shaking his head. No. He's like, oh come on, man. You know, and it's I'm just like, why do I have the feeling that this is like every conversation with them now? Him trying to bring up like their past and him just refusing to talk about it. Like this is not a basis for (laughs) friendship.
2: you you do bring up a a point about how uh clay is at the bar which is he drinking i don't remember i'm it definitely looked like a drink but so i'm just gonna guess that he is fine with alcohol Mm
1: -hmm. i mean i'm i'm not really gonna say anything about that yeah Um, a friend just brought me some uh reds so it's not like i get anything yeah no
0: it's not like we're not judging him
1: (laughs) All three of us drank. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just that in the context of this movie...
1: It is kind of weird, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and its morals, like, where does it draw the lines? And uh, if he claims that he's so out of control... Now, I'm not saying he had problems with alcohol. It doesn't outline that.
1: But alcohol does lower inhibitions. Yes,
0: it does. So it's just kind of a baffling...
1: In fact, may I point out that 80... I've seen studies that have said that, like, 80% of rapists had something to drink in their system when they committed the crime. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just making a point here, you know? stats, yeah.
0: But, like, I mean, it's not... You know, these things don't exist in a vacuum. But, yeah, it's just kind of, where does this thing draw the line and does it it even think about these things?
1: it. It doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. So... I really want to get into Clay and Amber's uh, courtship because there is something about it that pisses me off so hard. And I'm sure y'all can guess what it is. Well, let, let's talk about their relationship at the beginning first, because... Sure, let's do that, because that's really insane, and I can't believe we dodged that. Let's talk about that.
2: Okay, like, early on, like Clay threatens to raise Amber's rent if she doesn't follow his rule. Mm, oh, okay.
1: So, so tell him fuck off and leave.
0: Like, I forgot about that. That's a um, that's a power move that you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's abusive. That's extremely
2: abusive. This is true. I forgot about that. Jesus. Yeah, and it's like as time goes on between the two of them, Amber decides to destroy property for shits and giggles just so that she can see
1: him which he could kick her out for that legally Uh uh-huh i'd actually side with him on that
0: yeah actually yeah and like at some point like he makes he makes a deal it's like what because he uh of course he catches on to this pretty quick if i agree to court you will you stop breaking shit it's like a you're her land. that's you're her landlord for one Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a power imbalance
2: that's a conflict of interest
0: that's a conflict of interest yeah and for two yeah no like everything about this is inappropriate Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's weird you know and he has all these theories about appropriateness it's like wow dude um your picture is very incomplete here (laughs) like your Uh your lines are askew all over the place i don't understand yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the whole yeah. the
1: whole fucking problem with this movie. Yeah, it doesn't have very clear stance on okay, well, this makes sense or but it's because it doesn't have to. It's all what Rick Smartzwelder thinks is okay. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, because it's all entirely what this one jackass thinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's an author tract is what this movie is.
2: Yeah. And I can confirm that in interviews. So, so. <laughs> Does, um, like, okay, is the, the dude that plays
0: Clay, is he the, the author of the film? And yes, the director. Yes, he is. Uh, I thought so. Um, does he also have the same serial killer stare in interviews?
1: Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a less charming David A.R. White, is what he reminded me of.
2: Who, uh, I, I'm not familiar with. <laughs> hey, Scotty. Jesus, man. The, the white pastor doing... in the uh, pastoral bromance in the God's oh, God that series. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. Yes, <laughs> you've yeah. seen
1: him. You know him. Of course. He runs the studio that distributed this movie. Of course he did. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. Pure so, folks.
0: Okay. Yep. Sorry, it's just been a long time since I've heard the knee.
1: I have an image of Obi Wan Kenobi saying that. It's been a long time since. I- yes. There, there, I'm really thinking of a movie I'd rather be thinking of than this. Yes, yes, indeed. Like, Clay's
2: idea of a good time for, like, a honeymoon in, in a party sequence with uh, the neutral friend of his, like, after the uh, semi-engagement scene or whatever, he says, you know, cabin in the woods and a case of bottled water and establishing, you know, a foundation of intimacy. I'm like,
1: dude, that's the Unabomber. Yeah, that's literally the Unabomber cabin in the woods. uh Establishing what you think. Yeah, you're you're just writing a manifesto that way.
2: Yikes! Yeah, it's like at that point, just type that shit up, and you know, I don't know, send it to a fucking newspaper or somebody. I I don't know. It's oh my. Have
1: your brother figure out that you're the uh, guy that wrote it. This, yeah, he is a. I mean, and think about it: is a cabin in the woods um as a way to spend the honeymoon yeah sounds great but like antichrist did that and look what happened
2: in antichrist also um the the subtle thing you know getting into
0: the backdoor jesus bit again um the very very subtle thing that it thought it could get by but i i saw you old fashioned. he's a fucking
1: carpenter He's a carpenter. Uh huh. He's one of those guys, and he owns the antique shop, and he's just a jack-of-all-trades, isn't he fantastic? Uh Fuck this guy. Y'all may notice that I'm cursing far more than I usually curse on this cast because I hate this movie so much. Understandable.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, hey, if if it's made of wood, this guy's got you.
1: (laughs) Including his
2: acting. I do want to point out one point that the film somehow... uh, how do I phrase this in a sequence in like the flower shop where Amber is talking with her gal pal slash coworkers. One of them brings up the idea that Clay Walsh is gay, which is startling because how dare a Christian film say the word gay or even imply
1: homosexuality. And not immediately. Also, they don't immediately say like, Oh, it's a terrible thing. It's like, well, maybe that's a valid option that exists. Huh?
2: <laughs> Like yeah. mm-hmm. he didn't read as gay to me. Like if you were to take a queer reading at this, I would probably place Clay Walsh under the aromantic spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, Actually probably asexual as well. Yeah, which
1: That's exactly where I'd put him. Mm-hmm.
2: It's valid. It's definitely a valid identity. I just don't agree with his actions. No. Let, let's no. be clear here.
1: Mm-hmm. His interest in Amber is as breeding stock. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. He's not interested in her as a person. He doesn't seem to give a shit what she thinks or what she's into. He doesn't... What, what she... All he's interested in her is, is, can she be a mother to my children? hmm And that's the thing that I was going to get really pissed about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I want to talk about the whole, how he's checking up on, is she fit to be a mother? Yeah, that was a weird-ass sequence. He's like, can she cut up food? Can she diaper? You know what? Here's a question that nobody has asked you. Can you do that shit, asshole? Mm -hmm. And y'all can guess why that pissed me off. Because
2: you're a father. I am a
1: father. A father and and husband. guess what? And husband. And guess what? I've had to do all that stuff for Lola. And I don't mean I've had to do that stuff for her a couple of times when Amanda was out of the house because, oh, I don't know, she was on her monthly or something and she needed to go scream at the moon. No, I've had to do it because I had to do it a lot because I was an active, hands-on father who keeps his child safe. And love. And loved. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that I adore Lola. Y'all saw the picture of her with the peace sign. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And y'all have, y'all have actually seen me hands-on as a father. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It never comes up. Is he fit to be a father? Because it doesn't matter. He's not going to have any role in this child's upbringing. Uh-uh. Because he's going to simply be there as a disciplinarian. And if the child makes him look good, he'll be proud. But he's not going to give a shit about his kids. He's going to be the worst
0: father. I think in private chat we were talking about uh, how yeah he's he would he's the kind of person who would be extremely disappointed if he had a girl.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally believe that. He'd
0: also be the kind of creep that would be
2: real weird when uh, she hit her teenage years. Yes, he would. Like,
1: Clive Walsh would not be out of place in Moral or Oral. No, he would not be. That's the thing. That kind of underlines why these movies are so hard to make fun of, because they are self-satirizing. I mean, he, it's, just, it's amazing to me that anybody would want to be around this guy. And I have to talk about one of my other favorite scenes in this movie. And I'm sorry if I'm keeping us off topic, though. No, I'm go actually ahead. talking about things. It's when he rants about Sleepless in Seattle. There is a rule that I've heard that you never bring up a better movie inside of your movie. And this movie breaks it hard by doing that. Because Sleepless in Seattle is a great movie. I, I, just, I just want to point that out. It's a really great movie. It was a foundational film for me. It's a staple. It's a staple as it should be. It's a fan- It'll be 30 next year. It's a fantastic film. It's funny. It really got Tom Hanks' career going. Like, after he'd had a series of bombs, this was really the thing that set him on a hard course to the star that he is now. It is a movie that is brilliant because it is a meta movie. It is not actually a romantic comedy. It is a movie about how we react to romantic comedies. It is an analysis of them. And the mistake that Clay makes is he rants about Bill Pullman's character in that movie. And he says, what's so wrong with this guy? He's boring, yes, but what's wrong with boring? Okay, asshole. First of all, he's nice. He's charming. And if you paid any attention to the movie at all, you would notice that when Meg Ryan's character breaks up with him, it's not seen as a good thing. The movie is explicitly saying that these characters don't have a connection, that they don't have any real chemistry, and that it stinks that they couldn't make it work. He's not seen as a bad guy. He's not, you know, and, and furthermore, Bill Pullman is one of our most charming, charismatic actors of that decade, and uh, I recommend everybody watch "While You Were Sleeping" if you want to see evidence of that. That's another really yeah. great romantic comedy. That's one that that's I, also
0: a PG. That's that's one that I keep getting confused with "Sleepless in Seattle," which I unfortunately have not seen. <laughs> but "While You're Sleeping" is one that my mom used to watch
1: on repeat. <laughs> it's it's also a PG-rated movie. I will point that out. It's a PG-rated romantic comedy that is perfectly family-friendly. And also has, uh, he has tremendous chemistry with Sandra Bullock in it. It's funny. It's charming. It's a great movie. And again, it's PG rated, so you can show it to the old-fashioned audience and they won't be offended by it. And it's a way better movie than this. Yep. So when he dares to... Oh, and Sleepless in Seattle is also PG rated. So when this movie dares to invoke one of the best comedies of the 90s... <laughs> It it had to piss me off because it's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. The rule is this.
2: Don't step to the grates if you can't bring it yourself. Like the way that Clay went about it, like if you took him out of the diner and put him in a car with a cheap ass camera doing this, you could easily mistaken this for like the last video this guy made before shooting up a
1: school. You know who he reminds me of is the Riddler in the new Batman movie. He really does remind me of that, in that he can't shut his mouth about everything that he believes and thinks. Now, when the Riddler does it in that movie, it's great, because he's supposed to be a psychotic. This guy is a romantic lead. Also, the thought that I'm trying to compare Paul Dano's performance to this guy, huh, huh? You're trying to compare
2: Paul Dano to to fucking Clay Walsh, which is a fool's errand if I have ever heard one.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a much better actor, to say the least. Rick, I'm on the record as not being a fan of uh, uh, There Will Be Blood, and I thought he was great in that. Like, Rick Swartzwelder could not do
2: Swiss Army Man.
1: <clears throat> no. <laughs> God, t- God, talk about a movie that's... That's a movie about a farting corpse that is so... So, 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 so much better than this movie. Like, you bring up the fact that
2: Sleepless in Seattle and While You Were Sleeping were both PG films that you could show to a younger audience. In interviews with Rick, Rick believes that old-fashioned should be shown to kids. Like, there was one guy interviewing him saying that he showed this to his daughters who were, like, 12 or 11 or something like that. And saying, it's like, oh, this is a great film. It's a great film. Y'all can learn from this. And it's like, no,
1: No, that's going to fuck up your children. Mm -hmm. Also, it's funny that you say that because that's the age that I was when I watched those movies. And as I said, they were foundational for me. They made me want to make art like that because they were that good. They entertained me. They were actually funny. There's nothing funny about this movie. It's even putting the morals aside. I don't see any points where there's jokes. Really? No. I love the fact that I'm comparing uh, the, the DJ to uh, Quagmire and especially to Dennis Reynolds, who he, clay is the one that reminds me of Dennis Reynolds the most, by the way. <laughs> actually, yes. But even Dennis Reynolds, you can kind of see the charm. Mm-hmm. You can kind of vaguely see it. He is an actually attractive man. That doesn't have dead serial killer eyes. No, he does have dead serial killer eyes. That's very much a part of Dennis's character. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. They 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 have a lot of fun riffing. But you know what? They have fun riffing on it because it's always Sunny in Philadelphia is one of the funniest shows ever made.
0: Well, compared compared to Dennis, though.
1: They're very similar characters. It's yeah. I mean, the the eyes
0: on Clay Walsh are even more so. Very unsettling.
1: I love, by the way, you can't really call him just Clay. It has to be Clay, Clay Walsh. Walsh. Yeah.
0: I don't want to know him by just his first, uh, first name basis.
1: Yeah. He reminds me of what um, Cameron Crowe said about Tom Cruise's character in Vanilla Sky, that it was the same thing. That he wrote that character so that he was so much so that that was just how you thought of that character. That it was just part of them. It was their brand. And again, I brought up Vanilla Sky. There's another infinitely better movie. That's a great movie. God, this movie is just depressing. Um,
2: can we talk about? Can we talk about the stripper sequence? I've been,
1: Zephyr. Mm. That was literally what I was about to say. So <laughs> yes, let's do that, please. <laughs> because it makes a grand thesis I wanted to make about this character. So yes, please let's okay, do it. Okay, so
2: we've got ourselves a bachelor party for our neutral ground uh character you know just call it the black friend because
1: that's really what he is a token the obligatory black friend the
2: obligatory black friend and it's a party there's alcohol present it's in a hotel room sure whatever and then there is a knock at the door saying that there have been some noise complaints these people walk in and they uh They interrogate the black friend by telling him to sit down. And next thing you know, I'm not even getting into everything wrong with that. In time, in time. Immediately, music is playing with the lyrics of play toy, play toy, or whatever. Something that, you know, is shorthand generic, but shorthand for sex. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And sexy, sexy, (laughs) sexy. It it might might as well have been lyrics like, I'm going to sex you up. Yeah.
1: No, that's an actual song. Is Albert.
0: it? Okay. It's hard to tell. That's called me bad.
1: <laughs> no, that's called me bad. I mean, it's I want to, but yes, that's, that's, you even had the rhythm, right? Yeah. That's a real yeah. song.
0: Oh, dang. I was just making that up. Okay.
1: It's <laughs> a good one. Oh, it came from your subconscious. It's so. anyway, yes. a good one. too. So that's
2: good. Yeah. It's a good one. Continue. you have the sex song playing in the background, and the uh the stripper doesn't even start undressing when Clay Walsh stops the music and insists that she leave. Like, literally straight out of, it's nearly scene for scene from a Rock, it's your decision in, in the third act. It really is. Because the moral high ground character does not wish to be in a room full of temptation to which the shock jock is like okay leave which at this point a should have happened and b clay should not have been at this party to begin with at all no because
1: everyone knew this would be how he would react they never should have invited but 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 here's the thing if you stop and think about that then you have to double track and go well then why was he ever their friend in the first place
0: Yeah, there's a lot that stem with the, like, the foundational nature of just everything in this film. Like, yeah, A to B to C to D. (laughs) And when the
2: stripper and her, uh, I guess, escort, would that be the right word? Like, yeah. Yes, escort escort is the correct word. Okay, so they confront him outside and it's like, do you know how much she lost in Tips tonight? Clay's response is to beat the shit out of the stripper.
1: And I've seen people argue that this is how you know that the movie does see fault in Clay, except the movie is completely on his side.
2: Okay, now wait. This literally happens. I blanked. Okay, maybe not beat the shit out is the right term. They they do get into a scuffle, but it's in- oh, I they get see. into an altercation. Yeah, the altercation does have Clay attacking the woman first and foremost. Oh my God, uh-huh. the one who will actually do the deed. Yeah. Like verbally or uh, physically,
0: physically, man. I really blanked on that, I guess. Damn. Or I yeah. forgot. Mm. That's, that's you pretty
2: awful. Yeah. And so when you think back to how Clay is trying to respect women, you see that he has a line drawn in the sand. It's I uh-huh. respect women just as long as they are not whores. <laughs> right, just as long as they hold to my
0: puritanical standard. Yeah, exactly. My version of morality. And
1: then that's
0: where my respect stops, which is so fucked up.
1: And that's exactly what's wrong with Clay. That is everything that is wrong with Clay Walsh. We
2: do get a sequence in the third act where the two of them briefly go their separate ways and try to either... Rekindle an old flame in Clay's case, or yeah, with Shark Jock. Yeah, yeah. Or... or
0: do one night stand with the Shark Jock, which I feel like is very flimsily set up because she was the one who, at the very beginning of the film, was like calling into his radio show and being like, you know, men like you, but women don't really have standards. Don't forget that. Yeah, and that's also. <laughs> underlying problem, and it's like it's the nice guy mentality of women totally go for the asshole sort of thing, like in every case. No, they don't. Yeah, no, they don't, And but this is what, like, I think that scene posits where she's trying to figure out whether she wants to
1: go to this guy's apartment. It's like, no, like, you... (laughs) No, you, you don't even like this guy. What you should do is pack your bags and get the hell out of town. Exactly. So... Yeah, you know, it's not even a debate clay should be a story that you're telling someone over kombucha but you see she can't
2: leave town because her jar isn't filled all the way yet
1: oh yeah i forgot about that oh my god we're even getting into just nope um let's just ignore that i don't even we don't have time to get into the stupidity of that god, yeah that's a oh, wow it's one of those obligatory things that you know it's going to pay off at the end of the movie and you don't give a shit yeah no
0: anyway that's also that's i think the same criticism i had with uh god's not dead like on first watch the view of how the writers think that the quote-unquote other side thinks and it's just like reprehensible it's like that's like stereotyping it's like it's assuming it's assuming the worst of your fellow person you know Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of a also, generalization of like, oh, everybody who doesn't think like I do also thinks this way, or th- or thinks this way, or must or whatever. And it's like, what? Well, life is complicated for one and for two.
1: No, no. And you know, it, 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 what this what that reminds me of is uh, how C.S. Lewis did that in um, the Screw Letters, how he depicted the other side because he he, he depicts the other side as having its problems. But then he really goes, knives out on the Christians. He just goes so vicious at eviscerating what hypocrites they are. Uh, there's, a, there's the, I, I love the Screwtape Letters. Screwtape Letters is awesome. That's, that's such a better work than this. And, there, and that's an actual Christian work. But that's because C.S. Lewis had a brain. He was a smart man. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Serkis did a reading of it, and it is Oh, it's fantastic. I believe. I don't re- I recommend bootlegging it. I recommend bootlegging it because don't give your money to focus on the family.
0: Yeah, but I believe it's and available. It. And it's entirety on YouTube. Am I, am I right? It is. Yeah. And it's it, it's yeah, it is.
1: And it's hysterical. He's fantastic at it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I just we, we're circling the same point here, which is this is a misogynistic piece of shit. And what scares me is this is how people think this is the modesto manifesto this is the quiverful movement this is the promise keepers this is this is all of that and it's so pervasive and it ignores that how to be a good partner is really very simple listen to your partners once and actually serve them it's that simple and it works both ways compromise love but again supposedly Supposedly it works that way for them, but Clay doesn't give up shit. He doesn't change shit about himself. He doesn't even kiss her on the lips at the end of the movie when she accepts his proposal, which she shouldn't. Again, she should be five states away at the end of the movie.
2: Yeah, the ending sequence where she's escorted to grocery store in complete darkness... Yeah. And you just have a fuck-ton of lit candles, like actual candles. Oh, that's a fire mm. If the store went down in flames with both of them inside, that would be a much better ending. And it's in the baby
1: food aisle, just to stress that she's breeding stock to him. Oh, God. He doesn't give a shit about it. I didn't even notice that. It is. Oh. It is. Oh. I, God, I hate how this movie made me feel. I've been waiting so long to eviscerate this movie. It's a beautiful day outside. When this is over, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to take a long drive and I'm going to be happy because I don't have to think about this movie ever again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Again, at least next time our movie's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. This is true. It's fun to talk about. It. It's fun bad. Yes. And that's the thing. This isn't fun bad. Mm-hmm. This is it's bad, bad. This is this is what's this is what's wrong with America bad.
2: And and keep in mind, this was Still in the wave of God's Not Dead. Wonder- yeah,
1: this movie would not have it wouldn't have happened without God's Not Dead. But I also think it's interesting how we haven't really talked about what's been going on with Pure Flicks. You know, they've gotten out of theatrical completely. They do fathom events for their movies if they show them at all. Uh, God's Not Dead 4 was a fathom event. And yes, we will eventually get to those. We will eventually get to we those.
0: Uh, one thing, one last thing I want to say about The backdoor Jesus. The whole reason I say that it's trying to be backdoor is like the first the first thing the first mention of religion in here in the Bible is um like her like picking up a Bible and it's like, oh or what what parts of this do you like? And she's like, what uh and he is trying to like almost dodge the question. Uh like what parts have you heard of or something like that? I know I'm butchering it, but it's like a movie, don't play coy with me. I know what you are. You're on pure flicks for yeah. fuck's sake.
1: Oh and, and let's I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk about Clay's insane reason for his conversion to everything. Yeah, Because I, that's a big point. I didn't I almost we almost got to end this cast without me making this point. He he says that what happened was his ex girl. He cheated on his ex girlfriend. And then after she left him, he read the Bible and he said, I didn't want to do it because after I read it, I couldn't make fun of it anymore.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. It's like, wow. Then you've never read the Bible,
1: huh? No, dude, that's, I, I, I'm not even, I'm not even hardcore anti bible No. I, I, there's a lot of good stuff. In no, that. no, me There's also a lot to make fun of, but there's a lot to make fun of. I mean. I'm a son of a preacher, man. And we still did an episode where we created our own fake Christian film.
0: We did, yeah. Yeah, I, I can only think of, in that moment when he said that, um, the, the lady, I can't remember her name, but she's the one who wrote, God Said Ha about her having cancer yes julia sweeney julia sweeney thank you uh she did yes. a story on uh this american life where she talked about being a christian you know people kind of confronting her with uh biblical things and her being and then her finally saying you know what i should just sit down and like read this thing like cover to cover yeah. and she did and the longer she went on, the more confused she got, the more she talked to, like, her pastor, and, you know, the more she just couldn't reconcile different things. And that's what led her to not being a Christian. Yeah. And that's that's very interesting. You know, the whole, the whole thing with, like, being a minister is also trying to not reconcile it, but translate it yeah. to today. And, you know, most of it can't be. <laughs> so... Good ministers actually
2: recognize that most of of it really can't be. Yeah, and it's like, Clay also implies that the Bible is a text that is above criticism, and anything that merely suggests that something is wrong with the Bible is an attack on religion itself, which, that's a dangerous viewpoint to have. Mm
1: -hmm. Again, again, I just feel like, I feel like... I feel like just gesturing to C.S. Lewis and going, "No, no, no," there's a guy that's uh, there's a guy that's as hardcore a theologian as we get, and even he did not go down that path. Like you can um, have healthy conversations
2: about discrepancies within the text itself, or like the differences between vacuum and One or vacuum and Two, or whatever the fuck you know. You can have those discussions and still, you know read the book, you can still go to church. You, you'll just have a better understanding of it that rather than saying, I shall never criticize the book for doing so would be to abandon God
1: completely or whatever. And theologians I say, love argue that if you do that, your faith is a living faith mm-hmm. and it is a real faith because it is constantly engaged with. Yeah, And you'll yeah. find a vast
2: majority of Christian films will like the merest instance of conflict is a very bad thing within the
1: narrative framework. And that's, and that's not how it works. It's a a faith that you're constantly questioning and challenging is a fascinating thing. And it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's, I mean, I, I always note that I'm not, Ever really sure what my religious views are. Yeah, me neither. But I always hold the idea that I like the idea that I've never settled on what I believe because it means that I'm constantly at least engaged with the subject. Absolutely. And that's what this movie, I, I feel like I have more, in a weird way, I have more interest in the subject than this movie does. And I also want to point one last thing out about Clay and then I'm done with this movie as far as I'm concerned. Mm, go right ahead. Bring us home. And that is this, Clay. May, and I think this is a great point. Clay begins the movie, you know, talking about how he has abandoned his ways. He's changed his ways. Blah blah. Bullshit. Nothing has changed. No. He is he is a grifter. He has traded one grift for another. He's realized that oh, the whole being an obvious vocal misogynist who is blatantly horny that's not getting me anywhere. So I'm going to go the exact opposite route. And I'm going to change everything about who I am, but nothing's actually going to change beneath the surface. I still control women. I still exploit them. I still make them do my bidding. Nothing has changed about him. He's just traded one grift for another, and that's exactly what you see with all of these evangelicals. The Brett Kavanaugh's of this world, who, you know, oh, they were this way in college, but they've completely changed. They haven't changed a goddamn bit. And that's exactly what's happened with Clay. Nothing's changed beneath the surface. He... Amber goes from a physically abusive uh, relationship to what is at bare minimum a mentally abusive relationship. And I don't believe that this won't turn out to be a physically abusive relationship. Fuck this movie. Fuck anybody who thinks this way. Fuck it. Extremism is
2: one hell of a drug, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yep. Uh Um,
1: And I'd like to end this movie with a quote from a good movie about religion. Don't have a belief. Have an idea. And that's from a great movie about religion. I will leave y'all to see if you can guess what the quote is from. It's from Dogma. Dogma. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There's a good movie.
0: Which apparently is hard to find these days on DVD. Thanks, Weinsteins. Yeah.
1: I, I remember seeing that and like, that can't be true. It's funny that it is because it, it shouldn't be. It, it really should be. It, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic motion picture. I'm happy
0: to have a copy <laughs> on my shelf.
1: It's one my mom really loved. It's one my mom really loved. That's all I've got to say about this movie. I'm ready to move on. Yep.
2: Yeah, we all are ready to move on because that was a good conversation. Damn,
1: <laughs> it was. This was one of our best.
2: Next time we will cover our Christmas episode. <laughs> Easter, at yes. Easter. Yes. The, yes.
1: The Christmas Easter episode. The episode that is so that took us so long to get to that we because what initially delayed us was that um, Amanda had to go to the hospital. Well, she went back to the hospital last week, so we're we're gonna make we're gonna make a stab at doing the Nutcracker, the Untold Story, aka the Nutcracker in three D. And y'all, this one is this one's iconic bad for a reason. See y'all next time, Uh, Albert. You want to take us out?
0: You can't find us on Spotify, but you can find us everywhere else. iTunes, like pretty much any. Uh, I like to use the Pocket Casts app. We're freely available on there. Yeah. Google. We're everywhere still. So yes, the omniplex.org. Find us there all in our uh, additional content as well.
1: I'm working really hard on the music uh, columns. I hope y'all are enjoying those. Uh, oh, hell yeah. That's been a lot of fun for me.
0: Yeah. You can, you can email us, you know, comments, suggestions, Tonight remarks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We accept all uh, at the omniplex podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, you know, at, at the omniplex Facebook to come slash the omniplex uh you know engage with us we're here people I believe that's all the things alrighty then. i um, so, all right all right so well, till next time. we'll see you in hell so
1: much to say.